then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. This is Hawkeye Recap with Brian Hurley, part of the Hawk Fanatic Network. On this podcast, we will relive past Iowa football and basketball games and players from the past 100 plus years. To find more games and players, visit HawkeyeRecap.com. There's only one men's basketball game going on this week, Iowa versus Maryland, Baltimore County. The Hawks have played UMBC two times prior, so let's take a look at those games. The first matchup was December 15, 1990 at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Hawks won 98-81. Tom Davis was the coach. A.C. Earl scored a career-high 31 points, and Troy Skinner scored a career-high 21 points off the bench. The Retrievers were down 32 points at halftime, 61-29, but cut the deficit to 80-65 with a 15-6 run with seven minutes remaining to prevent a blowout loss. And you can read about that in the St. Cloud Times. The only fortunate thing with the Daily Iowan is over the holiday break, when Iowa does have a few basketball games, they don't publish a paper. Often the late December, early January games, they're missing. Same with a lot of the football bowl recaps. The other matchup was December 6, 2014 at Carver-Hawkeye. Hawks win 77-47. to Fran McCaffrey was the coach. There were 13,094 in attendance for a noon tip-off. Peter Jock asked Coach McCaffrey for more playing time to help get him out of the shooting slump, and it worked. He played a career-high 24 minutes, which led to a career-high four three-pointers and a career-high 15 points. And you can read more about Peter Jock in the Daily Island. They don't really recap the game much, but they do talk about his shooting slump at the beginning of the season and how this game helped him get out of that slump. There are team stats for that game. The Hawks shot 45% from the field, 28% on three-pointers, 7 of 25, 12 of 15 on free throws. Both teams are about even in rebounds, 35 to 37. Hawks had 20 assists compared to 10 and had 16 steals compared to 8 for UMBC. They also forced 24 turnovers, and both teams had five blocks. This is an article I wrote back in April of this year. Hawkeye women's basketball hosted the inaugural Big Ten tournament. In Iowa's first season in women's basketball, the Hawks hosted a round-robin Big Ten conference tournament in December of 1974. Iowa was 0-3 on the season against Drake, William Penn, and Grandview, 
and had just lost their starting guard, Lynn Oberbillig, with a dislocated shoulder. But the Big Ten was not very strong yet, as most programs were very new. I'm not sure of the origins of the tournament idea, but it was hosted by the University of Iowa, and games were played in the North Gym of the Fieldhouse. With the passing of Title IX in June of 1972, the opportunity to fund and support competitive women's sports was underway. Eight of the ten conference teams had women's basketball programs in the 1974-75 season. Purdue and Northwestern did not field an official team until the 1975-76 season. Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State could not attend due to scheduling conflicts or financial difficulties. That left five teams that did attend, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Indiana. For the five teams, the plan was to play a round-robin tournament, where each team played all other teams, a total of four games over three days, December 6th through 8th, 1974. It was stated in the Daily Iowan prior to the tournament that no tournament champion would be named. Indiana finished undefeated with a 4-0 record and impressive blowout wins, and newspaper articles mentioned that they were named the tournament champion. Perhaps the idea was that this tournament would not be used to determine the conference champion, since not all teams could attend. Iowa and Wisconsin finished the tournament with 2-2 two two records, while Illinois and Minnesota both ended with 1-3 records. So let me go through the results from each day, from what I could derive from papers. On Friday, December 6th, Indiana defeated Illinois 72-16. Indiana defeated Iowa 87-58. Wisconsin defeated Minnesota 55-45. Then on Saturday, Indiana defeated Minnesota 93-37. Iowa defeated Minnesota 55-33. Iowa then defeated Illinois 62-46. Illinois defeated Wisconsin 57-56. And Indiana defeated Wisconsin 83-29. So it looks like they played two games apiece on Saturday. Then on Sunday, Wisconsin defeated Iowa 65-49. And Minnesota defeated Illinois 53-50. The Big Ten did not begin sponsoring women's basketball until the 1982-83 basketball season, but there was a tournament held at Michigan State in February of 1982 in which Ohio State defeated Illinois 69-66 in the championship game. The first official single elimination tournament was held in 1995 and has continued every year since. I could not find any information about the attendance at the tournament, but even in 1974, the prices seemed very reasonable. Ticket prices for all tournament games were $3 for students and $4 for the general public. Individual game tickets for Friday and Sunday were $0.75 cents for students and $1.50 for the general public. Tickets for Saturday's games were $1 for students and $2 for the general public. If you have any additional information about this tournament, please contact me. I'd like to learn more and post that and update it on the site. For references, I found a Daily Island article about the upcoming tournament on December 5th, 1974. Then the Des Moines Register had an article on December 9th, and also the Daily Island had a tournament summary on December 9th. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see how far we've come in the almost 50 years since that tournament began. This is an article I put together in January of 2023, but I didn't finish it until now, so I thought I'd clean it up and get it published. The title is, George Kittle's Grandma Should Be in Iowa Athletics Hall of Fame. George Kittle's grandma, Lucky Krieger, made it to her first ever NFL game on January 8, 2023. The crowd even sang her happy birthday. Have a listen.
too lucky a present she'll never forget. Let's get everyone in the stadium to sing happy birthday to Lucky and end it with a nice big whoa people's tight end. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday. Did you know that Lucky Krieger and her family have had a huge impact on Iowa athletics over the years? I had heard about George's family ties to other Iowa players like Jess Settles and Henry Krieger Koble, but the details were unclear, so I thought I'd do some research. If I missed something or you have additional information, please let me know. There are actually eight Hawkeye athletes that are connected to Lucky, starting with her ninth daughter out of ten daughters, Amy Krieger. She played softball in Iowa and lettered in the 1985 season. Her son is Henry Krieger Koble, who was a standout tight end at Iowa from 2011 to 2016 and later spent time in the NFL. George Kittle is the son of Lucky's seventh daughter, Jan. Jan married Bruce Kittle, who was an offensive lineman and wrestler at Iowa in the early 1980s. They also had a daughter, Emma Krieger Kittle, who was a volleyball player at Iowa for the 2009 season before transferring to Oklahoma. But it doesn't stop there. Her second daughter, Mary, had a son named Jess Settles, who was an outstanding basketball player in the mid-1990s. He was named Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 1994 and was All-Big Ten First Team in 1996 and Honorable Mention All-American in 1996. Her fifth daughter, Lori, had a son, Brad Carlson, who was a standout baseball player at Iowa from 1999 to 2002 and was a second team All-American and freshman All-American. Their 10th daughter, Jennifer, had a daughter named Lou Krieger-Cohen, who was on the Iowa rowing team for the 2015-2016 season. Their family has had athletic success at other schools as well. This may be hard to follow, so I created an image to show the connection between the players and parents. So you can go to the article linked in the podcast, and you can see the graphic. Lucky's and her late husband, Vivin Bub Krieger, have had an enormous impact on Iowa athletics, so much that the two of them should probably be inducted into the Iowa Athletics Hall of Fame. Within the article, you can also find links to all of the Iowa athletes mentioned. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. James Jim Speed was a Ford at Iowa. He attended Valencia High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. He was an All-Stater for two years and upon graduation was sought by more than 85 colleges. His choice then was Imperial Valley Junior College in El Centro, California, 
where he averaged 25 points, 21 rebounds, and 5 assists per game. He was looking forward to a good season in his first year at Iowa, yet he was never able to play in a game at the university. A routine physical examination uncovered nothing suspicious when he first came for practice, but later sinus problems led to swelling of the eyes, which ultimately led to his blindness. He went on to overcome his blindness by working as a basketball coach, basketball announcer on the radio, and most recently in real estate. He was born in 1950, but I don't have his actual birth date, and he died September 14, 2011, around the age of 61. So I've got a link to his situation on the Hawk Fanatic website. I also have a link in the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. I also have a link to an article that was written in the yearbook from 1971. Jess Settles attended Winfield Mount Union High School in Winfield, Iowa. He was named Mr. Iowa Basketball in 1993 and was a Parade All-American 14. He chose Iowa over multiple big school offers such as Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa State, Florida State, and Notre Dame. As a player, he was a crowd favorite for his hustle and intensity. He was named Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 1994 and was All-Big Ten First Team 1996 and Honorable Mention All-American 1996. Due to continual back injuries, he struggled to stay healthy and received medical waivers to extend his eligibility. In 1996, he tested the NBA waters as an early entrant, but withdrew and came back to school. He went undrafted in the 1999 NBA draft, making him an unrestricted free agent, but didn't land on any NBA rosters. He coached briefly at Iowa Wesleyan and is an announcer with the Big Ten Network. He is cousins with George Kittle and Henry Krieger Koble. He was born July 7, 1974, and is 49 years old. He lettered in the 1993-94 season, 94-95, 95-96, then did not letter in 96-97 or 97-98, but then again in the 98-99 season. For links, I've got a link to his Hawkeye Sports profile, his NCAA stats, an interview with him on Hawk Fanatic about Chris Street's 30th anniversary of his death, Hawk Fanatic interviewed him a couple other times. Also has a few links here. Also a tie to his family legacy with George Kittle and Henry Krieger Koble. He was also on the Hawkeye History Podcast. There's also an article about him living his dream as a farmer and a basketball analyst. He was also named to the favorite 50 Hawkeyes of the 20th century as number 10. There's also two videos you can check out. One is the CW Pod, where he's interviewed by Chris Williams. And then there's video of the 1992 State Basketball Championship game, Applington versus Winfield Mount Union. There's a couple quotes. Gene Cady could take five guys off the street and contend for a Big Ten championship. Another quote. It's almost an impossible task trying to guard Luka Garza. It doesn't matter if there are three defenders trying to put a body on him. He is stronger than everybody else. He works harder than everybody else. He is more skilled than anybody else in the game, and that is rare to say about a center. And here's another quote. Most farm kids have been stepped on, kicked, burned. There's a ton of danger out here. The pain tolerance has to be high. And when you play college sports, you are always in pain. That toughness comes from the farm. Here's a quote from Tom Davis. Jess is trying to do all the little things that he knows can help take himself beyond where he currently is. You just have to hope for the best and hope his body holds up. He tries real hard, and I admire him for his effort. Sometimes he tries too hard but it is because he cares so much and wants his team to do well and do the best that he can possibly do. 
Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services To people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa, a list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org. If you have topics or games or opponents or players you'd like to learn about, please contact me. You can reach me through the website, hawkeyerecap.com. You can also find me on Twitter and on Facebook. If you know other Hawkeye fans that might like hearing this podcast, if you could please let them know about it, I really appreciate it. Thanks and go Hawks.